Praise the Lord. Listen, I want to jump right into today. I, I know we have a pretty big day planned and um, a fellowship and fun, and we're, we're going to enjoy that, that time together. That's important as the church, as the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, to gather together in, in that time of fellowship. But we're also going to be coming together as believers to the table, as we've been singing, to the communion table. And we're going to get into that here in just a moment. But let me invite you to open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, I, I'm going to um, probably go a tad faster than I normally do today because of what I, the Lord has laid on my heart weeks ago about today. Um, that, uh, you know, nothing is by accident with God, right? You believe that? Nothing is by accident with God. If you don't believe that, uh, it'll come around to you. But nothing is by accident with God and how He wants to set things up. And oftentimes what we think will happen is probably just a small portion of God's greater plan that he has in place. And uh, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I felt like the Lord someday soon in the coming weeks would, uh, we, we, were gonna be, we would be praying for, for healing for people. We would be praying physical healing, emotional healing, uh, things in our own lives, things you can see, things you can't see that we need healing of from God. And we're going to do that here in just a little bit. So I want to I get into this because the word is going to build our faith and as, it, as the word builds our faith, and that allows us to have an opportunity then to put our faith in action and respond. Okay, and so that's where we're, that's, that's where we're going today. Uh, but 2 Timothy 3, let's read this in chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, and we'll be in chapter 4 as well. He says this, Paul to Timothy, he says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Chapter 4, verse 3, but it says, A time is coming. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires, and they will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth, and they will chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord, but work at telling others the good news and fully carry out, fully carry out the ministry that God has given you. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. Your word is all authority. Your word is all, is all powerful today, and it is all truth. So today we ask, let us hear what you have to say. Let us receive and take in what you want to deposit. And let our lives then reflect and take the shape of your divine plan and purpose for each one of our lives. Help me now to do what you called me to do in Jesus' name. Everyone can say amen and amen. We are in a series called Centered and Sound. And what we're doing is we're looking at a few different um, belief statements of our church, doctrinal belief statements in our church that uh, we're just revisiting. You know, what we believe deep in the center of our soul will be what drives our life. What you and I believe deep in the center of our soul will be what drives us forward in our life. And in a world, listen to me, in a world where people struggle with identity, we are called to identify with Christ. In a world where people quickly move from fad to fad, we are called to often remember what Jesus has done for us. In a world where people are sick and hurting, emotionally wounded, Jesus reaches out to heal our lives. Jesus reaches out to heal our lives. 
And with that, I want to bring our attention to a message today called Sacred and Whole. Sacred and Whole. I, I, I can't stress enough. I just strongly sense the power of the Holy Spirit today in a, in a very tangible, special way that He wants to touch your life. He wants to touch your life. You know, the devil doesn't want to see any of one of us succeed in Christ. The devil, devil doesn't want to see any one of us succeed in Christ. You know, we were, made, um, we were made by the hands of love, God. We were created to live for greatness on this planet. We were created to live for greatness on this planet. And the enemy doesn't want us to do that. The enemy doesn't want any one of our lives to live in a way that would glorify God. And so when we're, when we're uh, physically debilitated, de- when we're physically ill, physically falling apart, so to speak, and I, it's part of a fallen world, I understand that, Sick, sickness, sin, the other things of that, the symptoms of that exist in this earth. But here, here's the reality of that. We have a God who can establish His kingdom in our life. We have a God who can establish his authority and his will and his divine purpose for us. And we don't have to live putting up with certain things in this world. We can, we can live as overcomers and we can live victorious in Christ. And, and I know uh, God doesn't heal everybody. I understand that. Not every single person in this world walks free from sickness or walks free from ailments. But here's uh, Ecclesiastes 11 tells us that there are things we're just not going to understand about the mysteries of God, the way God does certain things, how he will do certain things in certain places in certain people's lives. We're not, we can't really question that because we don't really understand all of that. But here's what I do know, that it does exist. God's hand is real. God's power is real. God's salvation is real. And today I want to talk to you for just a few minutes because I want to get to an opportunity to be able to come for communion and to be able to pray. And, um, and, I, and I don't want to stand in front of anybody who might get hangry and ready to go eat either, okay? Because I don't want you to take me down. I want to be able to fellowship with you in a little bit. And so I want to do that as much as you do, okay? Um, but I want you to do it. I want us to be able to do it with faith and have the, have the knowledge that, man, God loves me. God cares for me. God has a plan for me. And God wants to touch and change my life. That, man, I don't have to live in the same cycles of defeat, the same cycles of going through certain things season after season. That cycles and seasons can change and end and God's strength can take over from glory to glory and more power to more power. Amen? Amen? You believe that? I want, you to build, I want to build your faith today. Sacred and whole. We're going to look at doctrinal statements. And don't let the word doctrine dry you out this morning and tune out, okay? Uh, but these are, these are, that's just a fancy word for saying this is what the Bible teaches and I believe what it says. All right? That's what it means. And so we're going to look at two things, uh, uh, two doctrinal statements. The statement of faith for two sacraments, water baptism and communion, and then we're also going to look at the doctrinal belief statement about divine healing and wholeness, all right? Sacred and whole, two sacraments. The word sacrament is a, is a word that just simply means a visible sign of an inward grace. A visible sign of an inward grace. What God has done in us is to be expressed outwardly. And two of those ways that that happens is through water baptism, which we're not doing today, and communion, which we will be doing today. And we're going to talk about those. Water baptism. You see this example of Jesus in Matthew 3, Luke 1, 
and uh, excuse me, uh, Mark 1 and Luke 3. You can read that on your own. That's the baptism example of Christ. And you see the command of baptism in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. But then what that means, that's, that doesn't mean it's just a religious act. What it means is it's an, it's an outward expression of an inward change that has taken place. It's the out, water baptism is the outward, outward and visible expression of someone who has accepted Christ by faith as Lord and Savior. All right? And we're told to follow the example of Christ. We're told to walk in His commands. And it's an identity. We're identifying. When you get baptized, you're identifying with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Look at this. Romans 6.3 tells us, it says, Have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism... We joined him in his death, we de- for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. So in his death... We accept Jesus and we're called to die to ourself, die to our sinful nature. In his burial, we're belonging to Jesus and we bury our, our old sinful nature. And in his resurrection, we are confessing Jesus as Lord and we get to live as a brand new person in and for Christ. All right? That's what happens. That is the significance of that outward expression, that outward visible expression when we get water baptized, okay? It's not just some little cute thing we do at Sunday school or church and say, oh, that's baptized, that's great, it's good. No, it's power in being laid down in death and burial and coming up again out of the water, symbolizing resurrection. You can live changed. Come on, you can live changed. You can live different. You can live as the brand new person in Christ that he has called you to live. You don't have to live defeated. You don't have to live taken down. You can live changed and victorious. And so with that, I just want to make this note that we're going to be having water baptisms on Sunday, December 3rd. Sunday, December 3rd, right there. If you, uh, here's, here's, uh, here's what I want to say about it. Just leave that slide up if you don't mind. Baptism, yeah, it's intended to happen once. But here's what I want to say to you about it. Happens for the new believer? Absolutely. But here's what I want to say is, I, can, I, I, I tend to look at baptism in this way too. With the example of wedding vows. A couple renews their wedding vows generally at 25 years, 50 years. Special moments. They're not getting remarried. But what they're doing is they're renewing their love and their commitment. And I want to say that first, if you've never been baptized as a person who's in Christ, get baptized. Second, if you have been baptized, but you're at a place where, man, I really feel God doing something significantly new in my life. I want to renew my commitment. I want to renew my love to him. All right, I would encourage you to follow through with that and get baptized. I'm not looking to have a bunch of people just to fill the time to get baptized. If it's for one, we'll fill our hot tub up for one. If it's for a hundred, we'll do it for a hundred. I have no idea how many will do it. But I want to encourage you, sign up. You can do that by texting Decided NLC to 97000. That's all you got to do. When you do that, you'll get prompts on your phone. It'll show you what to do next. We'll be notified and we'll be able to follow up with you. 
all right, decided NLC to 97,000. That's where we are. Communion. Communion. It's a special time in the presence of the Lord when the elements of bread and juice are taken, signifying the body and the blood of Jesus our Lord. And we're taking those in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. You see this example with Jesus and his disciples in Matthew 26. You then see it in the New Testament, uh, later in the New Testament with Paul to the church. And that's where I want to look at for just a moment. 1 Corinthians 11, Paul writes this. I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks to God for it. He broke it in pieces, and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Take this, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took a cup of wine after supper, saying, This is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Often practiced, often received, because we are called to be frequently reminded of what Jesus has done for us. We cannot allow his sacrifice to become so familiar to us that it breeds contempt that it loses its significance, that it loses its power, that it loses its value and its meaning for us as Christ followers. And so Paul says, look, you're going to take Jesus, even he's repeating his words, you're going to take this often, and as often as you do, you're going to be often reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus has made. His body broken, for our wholeness, his blood shed for our forgiveness, and then he established that as a new covenant between God and people everywhere. Between God and people everywhere. And I want to encourage you to read Hebrews chapters 7 through 10. I can't teach on that today, but Hebrews chapters 7 through 10 talks about the new covenant that God made in Christ Jesus, his sacrifice once and for all, for the forgiveness of humanity. All right? So his body was broken for our woundedness to be whole. His blood was shed for our forgiveness. And in that, he established a new covenant. That new covenant is important to remember. So I would encourage you, take some time. Get your Bibles. Read that, Hebrews 7 through 10. And then here's the third, or the second... uh, Statement, it's on divine healing. Because all of this flows together. We believe that healing is for the physical ills of the human body and the soul and is wrought by the power of God through the, through the prayer of faith and by the laying on of hands and it's provided for in the atonement of Christ and it is the privilege of every person who puts their faith in Christ who is a believer. First off, it was foretold by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53, verse 4. says, it... He said, it was our weaknesses that he carried, speaking of the future Messiah, Christ. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. Think about what he put on himself. Our weaknesses, our sorrows. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. How about that? Pierced for our rebellion. 
He was crushed for our sins. Jesus was. He was beaten so that we could be whole. How about that? He was whipped so that we could be healed. Verse 12 at the end says, He was counted among rebels and he bore the sins of many and he interceded for rebels. Jesus took it all upon himself. It was first foretold by the prophet Isaiah about the coming Messiah and about Jesus and what he would do. It was fulfilled. You see the fulfillment in these two ways. Look at this in the New Testament. First, in Jesus' actual healing ministry, and secondly, in Jesus' real wounds that he had. Matthew 8, look at these verses. It says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah that we just read. He took our sicknesses, and he removed our diseases. And then Peter gets in on the action in Acts 10, 38, and he says this, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Man, I love that. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went around doing good in healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So we see that the blood of Jesus forgives, the blood of Jesus heals. And then we have this responsibility on us, to pray, to pray. In Mark chapter 16, some final words that the gospel of Mark records of Jesus. He said, there's going to be some, these are the signs that are going to follow those who believe. One of those signs, but they would lay hands on the sick and they would get well. I said, that's one of the signs. In John 14, 12, Jesus is telling his, preparing his disciples for what's to come. And he said, listen, anyone who believes me will do greater works than I do. Anyone who believes me will be able to do the works that I do and even greater than what I am able to do. Jesus did some phenomenal things. Raise the dead, I haven't done that. Cast out devils, I think I've done that. I don't know, because it wasn't like somebody was throwing up on me or, fall, you know, or any of that kind of demonic stuff, but there was, I think I've encountered that, but some of you may have encountered it to a more greater degree than I have. Uh, prayed for those who were sick and got healed. I've done that. But there are still people I've prayed for that I want to see healed. He's broken strongholds off of people. I prayed for people to see that happen. That's happened. There's still a lot of wonders and a lot of power and a lot of miracles that I want to see take place. And I believe we're primed for that. I believe we're at a time in our life where, man, in our world, where, man, God wants to do some greater things. How many of you are so sick and tired of looking at news and things that are just so depressing and so scary and so fearful and strikes anxiety in your heart? And you're like, man, this is terrible news. Why am I even watching this stuff? I want to see the outbreak of God all across our nation. And, yeah, I would love for some big things to happen right here. That would be just like God to do something in a no-name little place like this. And him get all the glory. And him get all the credit. That's what I want to see happen.
I want to see that. We're told to pray and believe. And final verse I want to read you is in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Verse 14. He said, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. In 1 Corinthians 12, the Apostle Paul outlines nine spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. Three of those gifts pertain to the touching of lives for healing. The gift of faith, the gift of healing itself, and the gift of miracles. In a world where people struggle with identity, we're called to identify with Christ. His death, burial, His resurrection, significant change of who we are. And it's made possible not by our might, not by our willpower, but is divinely made happen by His Holy Spirit with the Word of God flowing and working in our life. In a world where people quickly move from fad to fad, we're often called to remember what Jesus has done for us. His sacrifice made once and for all, and for all who call on Him will be saved. In a world where people are sick, tired, hurting, and wounded, Jesus reaches out to heal us. To heal us. And this morning, I told you I'd go fast. That's a miracle right there. Count that down. (laughs) This morning, before we come to communion and before we come to uh, prayer, I'm going to ask you to take a moment Just bow your heads and get quiet for a moment to yourself before the Lord. I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer on your own there to yourself as I pray this. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of forgiveness. It's a prayer of surrender to the Lord. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge I am a sinner in need of a Savior. You are my Savior. I cannot save myself. I need you. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and shortcomings. I repent of my ways. And I turn to you today. I want to do it your way. I want to live your way. So fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me and set me free. 
set my heart on fire for you. Help me to move forward in my relationship with you. And Lord, fulfill your purpose in my life. Not my will be done, but your will be done. I thank you and I love you. And I'm grateful that you reach out to me today. And you hear my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe in a long time, I want to encourage you to take the next step to be water baptized. Not today, but in a month month from now, on December the 3rd, text the words decided NLC to the number 97,000 and we'll get you connected for that. Take the first public step. Go public with your faith. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of what Jesus has done for you. And make that move to boldly, publicly live for the Lord and to give Him glory and to give Him credit for what He has done for you. Now, I'm going to ask you to take a moment, if you're able to stand, to stand. That today, as we come to the communion table, it'll be the elements of bread and juice. Again, the body and the blood of Jesus, broken for our wholeness, shed for our forgiveness, but also for our healing. And as you come today to the table, come and receive the elements. But then also, the invitation stands that if you, yourself, are in need of God's healing hand on your life, physical, emotional, whatever it might be, maybe you need healing in your heart and you're because of the struggle you have in relationships, Maybe you need healing in your heart and mind because of the things that you've encountered and done and had to go through in life. Maybe you need physical healing. There's just something you know physically is wrong with you, that you need God's hand. Then we want to pray with you. So after you receive communion, you take communion by faith, believing that God broke his body to make you whole in Christ and that Jesus shed his blood not only to forgive you, is so wonderful he removes all the guilty stains but he also shed his blood to heal you that we're going to have people that are going to be joining me down front leaders and ministries ministers in the church i want to invite you to help me pray today for these and we have anointing oil if you're one receiving prayer for healing and we have prayer cloths if you have someone in your family that is not here with you today, but you know they need the prayer of faith for healing in their life, then we have a prayer cloth that is anointed and prayed over that you can take and you can give them. And here's the great news about Jesus. He empowers you to pray for others too. You don't need a priest. You don't have to have a pastor, but he's gifted you with the power and the authority of Christ as well for you to walk in as a believer in him. You can take that. And you can also pray for those who aren't here.
Okay? So we've got that going on. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to invite you to come forward. We're going to sing. We're going to have this going, a, a moment of worship. We've got time. So I want to take opportunity for that today to pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that what you want to accomplish in us cannot be accomplished by human hands. It's only done through your spirit. We're just simple vessels. And so we ask you, Lord, move in us today. Let your power be poured out upon those of us praying today. Let your healing anointing flow and touch lives. And anyone needing the reassurance of salvation and forgiveness, today I pray that when they come to take communion, that they would be reassured in their heart. God loves me. I am loved by the Lord. And that God wants to do a big thing in me. Let these things happen and then some, God, so that you alone would get all the credit and all the glory in Jesus' name.